All right, all right, all right. Enough of this. It's uh, it's time to rock. And, you know, when we're talking about rocking, what we're really talking about is, you know, what people do on a Saturday and, uh, you know, specifically on Saturday night. Um, and this would, you know, uh, constitute the, the great trifecta of sex, drugs and rock and roll. Uh, and of course, there are other things that people do. And perhaps nobody actually does the great trifecta anymore uh, and you know we'll probably get into this at a later date it is something to do perhaps with a you know demographic shift uh, i know there's a lot of talk about demographic shifts and, and the whole thing but you know why don't we start with um you know the price of bitcoin before we you know go off on a tangent here and the price of bitcoin is currently sixteen thousand nine hundred and forty two USD and the block height is 770870 and of course one Bitcoin is equal to one Bitcoin and it is Saturday January 7th 2023 and I'm going to my book now I have removed the elastic band I am using the ribbon to flip to the page where I can scrape, uh, well, blah, 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 blah. let's rewind back up, back up, and go again. Where I can squint and see here, uh, I'm squinting through. Uh, the day has already been crossed off. It was crossed off earlier today. If you'd like to listen to that, all you need to do is go to the previous episode. Um, I'm squinting, though, and I see that we have or have... 815 days left on uh, speaking of i am currently wearing a white t-shirt i've got uh black active wear pants on they're very similar to sweatpants though they are of a different material um they're the kind of pants that you can do pretty much everything from uh, you know walking your dog to uh you know getting fellatio on the uh you know on the corner there uh, it's really you can you know do both at the same time if you know what you're doing but this is really let's not get into advance today we're really just trying to you know move along so speaking of moving i am also wearing two different colored socks uh, as in that they are mismatched today yes that was on purpose um, the left sock is a gray sock with, uh, I would say it's got some, uh, milk and cookie, uh, you know, figures on it. Whereas the right sock is a black sock with, um, different palm trees on it. Kind of like a tropical vibe. Uh, some of the palm trees are yellow, some are green, some are red, and some are purple um so you know that's what we're dealing with uh the blinds in the french window are all the way down i'm sipping on a delicious beverage out of a green can with um you know it's got some uh, you know red and gold highlights uh it's also got some uh, some white uh negative space and uh you know it's uh it's not bad at all um so so that's what we're dealing with here today i hope you're having a fantastic saturday Wherever you are, uh, you know, I hope it's been, um, you know, the, the kind of Saturday that you like, um, you know, whether that means, you know, getting some exercise in, taking a nap, um, you know, uh, talking with your family, um, you know, uh, composing a sonnet, 
whatever you're into i hope it was uh, a great uh and productive i hope you know you you know you made some headway in whatever endeavor that you were you know going after or perhaps you were just uh you know sitting uh in uh in a room with no light and that's absolutely fine as well to each their own to a point there are limits we are very aware here baby blue viper by the way this is baby blue viper and my name is fade 965 yes that's fed 965 and uh, we were talking about limits and that there are limits to well to a lot of things not everything but there are limits to most things so let's uh, just you know keep that in mind as we now you know proceed to the news so that we can proceed to our uh or I guess, better put, we can uh, resume our, you know, discussion of, uh, of demons. Yes, we're still on demons here. Uh, or actually, should we do, wait, 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 should we do a, uh, you know, uh, a lateral movement here and, and go to our analysis of the apocalypse? We might do that. Give me a second. Point being is that we're going to go to the news here. We're really, you know, uh, playing this by ear at the moment. Um, so let's go to the news, see what's going on, and uh, from CNN, Iran executes karate champion and volunteer children's coach amid crackdown on protests. Ugh, that is absolutely horrible. Oh man, ugh, absolutely horrible. Um, condolences to the to the families there that is absolutely horrible Ugh. um yeah i don't know what else to say about that that is just horrible from al jazeera no respite in ukraine fighting a shaky russian truce nears end from bbc news china suspends social media accounts of COVID policy critics from the tribune air india peeing incident i did hear this or read about this. Delhi court sends accused Shankar Mishri to 14-day judicial remand. Denies police his, his custody. Denies police his custody. He doesn't. He, he's not going to. To to wait. What's going on? Uh, he's not going to jail. Uh, or. I don't know what's going on here. Um, or, or is it not over yet? Nobody is is to be arrested. No ground for police custody. There, or there's no. Noting that his custody was not required by the police for recording the statements of other witnesses, including cabin crew and co-passengers. Well, I don't know what's going on with this then. Um, uh, it's not too clear of what's going on. Um, okay, so I don't know. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what's going on with that. Uh, apparently he was a Wells Fargo VP. And he's been fired, by the way, um, for urinating on a uh, passenger, uh, on a um, yeah, uh, an elderly lady, if I'm not mistaken. He 
is accused of, uh, of peeing on an elderly lady uh, mid-flight. Um, on the AP, U.S. to send 3.75 billion USD in military aid to Ukraine, its neighbors. Uh, from the New York Post, Prince Harry envious of Will Kate's magnificent palace apartment. Okay, then. Uh, Al Jazeera, Mali's military leader Goita pardons 49 Ivory Coast soldiers. Okay, and of course it just goes on and on and on, as it always does. Um, because that's just, um, you know, what it is. I mean, it is something that, you know, we've talked about on you know, various occasions uh, of this whole thing. And it just goes on and on and on. Um, you know, this is what we're going to do here, though. We are making a lateral movement here. Um, and we're going to go into our analysis of the apocalypse. We're going to return to our analysis of the apocalypse. Um, uh, I don't want to get this, uh, you know, too far away from this. Even though at the same time, we're not getting far away from it at all, as it is a shift in consciousness is what we're really discovering here. Um, so it is simply... Uh, you know, however you want to word it. Um, speaking of how you want to word it, we are now going to go back to AI um, and see exactly, you know, uh, we went over through the, the history of AI, if you remember. Uh, if you haven't, uh, you know, uh, heard that, I recommend that you go to the uh, the previous part. Um, and we're going to pick up here with uh, goals and uh, Wikipedia is helping us with this. Uh, the general problem of simulating or creating intelligence has been broken down into sub-problems. Uh, it's very similar, I would say, to how Baby Blue Viper is a subsection of the newsletter Hints and Guesses, which you can uh, find and subscribe at uh, www.fed965.com. Anyways, these consist of particular traits or capabilities that researchers expect an intelligent system to display. The traits described below have received the most attention. Okay, so we're going to look at reasoning problem solving. Early researchers developed algorithms that imitated step-by-step -step reasoning that humans use when they solve puzzles or make logical deductions. By the late 1980s and 1990s, AI research had developed methods for dealing with uncertain or incomplete information, employing concepts from probability and economics. Many of these algorithms proved to be insufficient for solving large reasoning problems because they experienced a combinatorial expulsion. They became exponentially slower as the problems grew larger. Even humans rarely used a step-by-step -step deduction that early AI research could model. They solved most of their problems using fast, intuitive judgments. Okay? Which brings us into knowledge representation. Knowledge representation and knowledge engineering allows AI programs to answer questions intelligently and make deductions about real-world facts. A representation of what exists is an ontology. The set of objects, relations, concepts, and properties formally described so that software agents can interpret them. The most general ontologies are called upper ontologies, which attempt to provide a foundation for all other knowledge and act as mediators between domain ontologies that cover specific knowledge about a particular knowledge of domain, field of interest, or area of concern. A truly intelligent program would also need access to common sense knowledge, the set of facts that an average person knows. The semantics of an ontology is typically represented in description logic, such as the web ontology language. AI researchers, AI researcher, excuse me, AI research has developed tools to represent specific domains, such as objects, properties, categories, and relations between objects, situations, events, states, and time. 
causes and effect, knowledge about knowledge, what we know about, about what other people know, default reasoning, things that humans assume are true until they are told differently and will remain even when other facts are changing, as well as other domains. Among the most difficult problems in AI are the breadth of common sense knowledge, the number of atomic facts that the average person knows is enormous, and the sub-symbolic form of most common sense knowledge, most of what of what people know is not represented as facts or statements that they could express verbally. Formal knowledge representations are used in content-based indexing and retrieval, scene interpretation, clinical decision support, knowledge discovery, mining interesting and actionable inferences from large databases, and other areas. And we're seeing here an ontology represents knowledge as a set of concepts within a domain and the relationships between those concepts. Um, so, so I think we're we're really starting to understand here exactly what you know AI is. Uh, I mean, in this, okay, you know, if we can just go to learning here and uh, you know relate to machine learning (ML), a fundamental concept of AI research since the field's inception, is the study of computer algorithms that improve automatically through experience. Unsupervised learning finds patterns in a stream of input. Supervised learning requires a human to label the input data first and comes into two main varieties, classification and numerical regression. Classification is used to determine what category something belongs in. The program sees a number of examples of things from several categories and will learn to classify new inputs. Regression is the attempt to produce a function that describes the relationship between inputs and outputs and predicts how the outputs should change as the inputs change. Both classifiers and regression learners can be viewed as function approximators, trying to learn an unknown, possibly implicit function. For example, a spam classifier can be viewed as learning a function that maps from the text of an email to one of two categories, spam or not spam. In, reinfer in reinforcement learning, the agent is rewarded for good responses and punished for bad ones. The agent classifies its responses to form a strategy for operating in its problem space. Transfer learning is when the knowledge gained from one problem is applied to a new problem. Computational learning theory can assess learners by can assess learners by computational complexity, by sample complexity, how much data is required, or by other notions of optimization. Okay, so I think that's really, you know, this idea of, um, you know, how, um, well, it's of what you know ai is and you know we'll get to you know what it's you know really doing here but um i think this is also you know really you know connected here uh, and as we know with human sexual activity um and now we're, we're gonna you know move over shifting over to, to human sexual activity which is you know uh what we've been seeing here um right and uh, you know we did see the um, you know the different uh well we actually moved over to the um um the life history strategies remember of uh, human mating strategies um and we were we were looking at this uh, and this is really really just um just part and parcel of what we're talking about because now when we look at sex similarities here and assortative mating um you know wikipedia is helping us with this a human mating is inherently non-random despite the common trope opposites attract humans generally prefer mates who share the same or similar traits such as genetics quantitative phenotypes like height or body mass index skin pigmentation the level of physical attractiveness 
disease risk, including cancers and mental disorders, race or ethnicity, facial features, socioeconomic factors such as potential income level and occupational prestige, cultural backgrounds, moral values, religious beliefs, political orientation, perceived personality traits such as conscientiousness or extroversion, behavioral characteristics such as the level of generosity or the propensity for alcoholism, educational attainment and IQ or general intelligence. Moreover, whereas in the past marriage across status lines was more common in the sense that the woman typically look for a man of high status, hypergamy, a sense of access to resources, a sign, excuse me, a sign of access to resources, while the man was usually willing to marry down the socioeconomic ladder, hypogamy, if the woman had good domestic skills, was young and good-looking, all proxies of fertility, in the modern world, people tend to desire well-educated and intelligent children. This goal is better achieved by marrying bright people with high incomes, resulting in the intensification of economic assortative mating. Indeed, better educated parents tend to have children who are not only well-educated but also healthy and successful. Furthermore, the age gap between two partners has also declined. In other words, men and women become more symmetrical in the socioeconomic traits they desire in a mate. Among the aforementioned traits, the core relations in age, race, or ethnicity, religion, educational attainment, <clears throat> and intelligence between spouses are the most pronounced, while height is one of the most heritable, with the mating partner sharing 89% of the genetic Genetic variations affecting the preference for height. Preference for height. Okay. So we're seeing how now also public secondary school is the last time people of various backgrounds are lumped together in the same setting. After that, they begin sorting themselves out by various measures of social screening. Among those marrying late relative to the time they left in school, socioeconomic status is especially important. In societies where the number of highly educated and career-minded women are increasing, the role of socioeconomic status is likely to be even more important in the future. These women generally do not want to accept as mates men who are less occupationally and educationally accomplished than they are. For this reason, in societies where they outnumber men, the competition for high-quality males has been intensifying. This trend first emerged in Europe and North America, but has been spreading to other places as well. Positive assortative mating raises the chances of a given trait being passed on to the couple's offspring, strengthens the bond between the parents, and increases genetic similarity between family members whereupon in-group altruism and inclusive fitness are enhanced. That the two partners are culturally compatible reduces uncertainty in lifestyle choices and ensures social support. In some cases, homogamy can also increase the couple's fertility and the number of offspring surviving till adulthood. On the other hand, there is evolutionary pressure against mating with people too genetically similar to oneself, such as members of the same nuclear family. In addition, children born into parents who are cousins have an increased risk of all the somal recessive genetic disorders, and this risk is higher in populations that are already highly ethnically homogenous. Children of more distantly related cousins have less risk of these disorders, though still higher than the average population. Therefore, humans tend to maximize the genetic similarity of their mates while avoiding excessive inbreeding or incest. First cousin marriage nowadays Excuse me. First cousin marriages nowadays are rare and are in fact prohibited in a number of jurisdictions worldwide. In general, humans seem to prefer mates who are the equivalent of second or higher parity cousins. Genetic analysis suggests that the genomic correlation between spouses is comparable to that between second cousins. In the past, there was indeed some awareness of the dangers of inbreeding, as can be seen in legal prohibitions in some societies, while the current era better while the current era better transportation infrastructure makes it less likely to occur moreover modern transportation has diminished 
residential propinquity as a factor in assortative mating, but cultural anthropologists have noted that avoidance of inbreeding cannot be the sole basis for the incest taboo between the boundaries of the incest prohibition. This is, I don't know if this is a well-written. Cannot be the sole basis for the incest taboo because the boundaries of the, excuse me, that was my fault. Uh, because the boundaries of the incest prohibition vary widely between cultures and not necessarily in ways that maximize the avoidance of inbreeding. A study indicated that between 1800 and 1965 in Iceland, more children and grandchildren were produced from marriages between third or fourth cousins, people with common great-great or great-great-great-great-grandparents, than from other degrees of consanguinity. No, it's consanguinity. No, it's consanguinity. Maybe. While human assortative mating is usually positive in the case of the major histocompatibility complex, MHC, on chromosome 6, humans tend to be more attracted to those who are genetically different in this region, judging from their odors. This promotes MHC heterogeneity in their offspring, making them more resistant to pathogens. Assortative mating is partly due to social effects. <clears throat> For instance, religious people are more likely to meet their potential mates in their places of worship, while highly educated people typically meet their future spouses in institutions of higher learning. Nevertheless, it can have a quantitatively discernible impact upon the human genome and as such has implications for human evolution, even in the presence of population stratification, paleotropy, or the phenomenon in which a single gene can influence multiple traits in assortative mating are responsible for the correlations between some sexually selected traits in humans, such as height and IQ, which are weakly positively correlated in a knowledge-based economy, educational and socioeconomic assortative mating contributes to the growth and in household income inequality as parents with higher incomes and levels of education tend to invest more in their offspring, giving them an edge later in life. All right. So, um, you know, we're really seeing here this, uh, you know, the assortative mating and, um, you know, why you know human mating is inherently non non-random um in the same way you know we're also you know looking at natural language processing um you know uh, wikipedia of course helping us and uh, you know natural language processing nlp allows machines to read and understand human language a sufficiently powerful natural language processing system would enable natural language user interfaces and the acquisition of knowledge directly from human written sources such as newswire text. Some straightforward applications of NLP include information retrieval, question answering, and machine translation. Symbolic AI used formal syntax to translate the deep structure of sentences into logic. This failed to produce useful applications due to the intractability of logic and the breadth of common sense knowledge. Modern statistical techniques include co-occurrence frequencies, how often one word appears near another, keyword spotting, searching for a particular word to retrieve information, transformer-based deep learning, which finds patterns in text and others. They have achieved accept acceptable accuracy at the page or paragraph level and by 2019 could generate coherent text. Okay, so are, are, are we seeing this? Um, and we'll just, uh, you know, finish up our, you know, this is we're overviewing the goals here, remember, of AI, uh, perception. 
machine perception is the ability to use input from sensors such as cameras, microphones, wireless signals, and active LiDAR, sonar, radar, and tactical sensors to, to deduce aspects of the world. Applications include speech recognition, facial recognition, and object recognition. Computer vision is the ability to analyze visual input. And then we have social intelligence. Effective computing is an interdisciplinary umbrella that, that comprises systems that recognize, interpret, process, or simulate human feeling, emotion, and mood. For example, some virtual assistants are programmed to speak conversationally or even to banter humorously. It makes them appear more sensitive to the emotional dynamics of human interaction or to otherwise facilitate human-computer interaction. However, this tends to give naive users an unrealistic conception of how intelligent existing computer agents actually are. Moderate successes related to affective computing include textual sentiment analysis and, more recently, multimodal sentiment analysis where an AI classifies the effects displayed by a videotaped subject. And then, of course, we have general intelligence. A machine with general intelligence can solve a wide variety of problems with breadth and versatility similar to human intelligence. There are several competing ideas about how to develop artificial general intelligence. Hans Morvovic and Marvin Minsk argue that work in different individual domains can be incorporated into an advanced multi-agent system or cognitive architecture with general intelligence. Pedro Domingos hopes that there is a conceptually straightforward but mathematically difficult master algorithm that could lead to AGI. Others believe that anthropomorphic features like an artificial brain or simulated child development will someday reach a critical point where general intelligence emerges. And let's just wrap this part up by saying who exactly. Pedro Domingos is a professor emeritus of computer science and engineering at the University of Washington. He is a researcher in machine learning known for Markov logic network enabling uncertain inference. Um, Domingos received an undergraduate degree, a Master of Science degree from Instituto Superior uh, Tecnico, um, which would be in, uh, in Lisbon, uh, Lisbon, Portugal. He moved to the University of California, Irvine, where he received a Master of Science degree and followed by PhD. Okay, after spending two, year, two years as an assistant professor at IST, he joined the University of Washington as an assistant professor of computer science and engineering in 1999. He became a full professor at, in 2012. He started a machine learning research group at the hedge fund D.E. Shaw and Company in 2018, but left in 2019. In 2020, Domingo criticized the research and activism of multiple AI ethicists, most notably uh, Timit Gibru and Anima Ambedkumar, drawing some criticism himself. Okay, and um, so those would be Timit Gibru is an American computer scientist who works on algorithm data or on algorithm bias and data mining. She is an advocate for diversity in technology and co-founder of Black and AI, a community of black researchers working in artificial intelligence. She is the founder of the Distributor of Artificial Intelligence Research Institute. And uh, she went, uh, well, she's born in Ethiopia and alma mater is Stanford University. And she was named one of the world's 50 greatest leaders by fortune, one of nature's 10 people who shaped science in 2021. In 2022, one of time's most influential people. Oof. Wow. Um, and then uh, Anima Amankarmar is the brand professor of computing at California Institute of Technology. 
She's a director of machine learning research at uh, NVIDIA. Her research considers tensor algebraic methods, deep learning, and non-convex problems. Alma mater is... Uh, well, she started electrical engineering at the Indian Institute of Technology, Madras, and uh, joined Cornell University for her graduate studies. Okay. So... Okay, that's what we're dealing with here today on this Saturday, January 7th, 2022. We're starting to understand now the goals of AI. We've gone through the history of AI. Well, now we're seeing what the goals of AI, and then we're going to get into the tools of AI. And, uh, and of course, uh, you know, we're also understanding is, you know, how does this have to deal with human mating strategies? And we'll get into demographics. Uh, and, of course, we'll, we'll get into, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, consciousness, which is, of course, at the same time everywhere. And, of course, digital consciousness is, uh, you know, well, it's AI related, is it not? It's also human related, is it not? It has to do, of course, with mating, is it not? Does it not? Question. Open-ended, though, uh, the answer is probably yes. Um, point being is that, you know, we've got a lot to work through here. Uh, you know, lots of, a lot of moving pieces, a lot of ins and outs. Um, so, you know, definitely, you know, keep, uh, we're going to keep our heads above water here, make sure that we're hydrating. And at the same time, let's not forget that we're also looking at demons and that we're also looking at, uh, in the Spanish, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, program, we're looking at, uh, uh, monasteries and pirates, um, in order to understand how we could perhaps, uh, you know, take the benefits of both ideas and how both ideas of course are situation dependent as is the apocalypse itself perhaps is it not answer is yes um so you know that's really what we're dealing with here um just you know we got a lot a lot to get to uh you know i'm probably gonna well, I'm not going to go into the details of what I'm going to do next here. Uh, I'll let you guess. Uh, I hope that um, you'll be able to take a good guess. Uh, point being is that it's Saturday, January 7, 2023. And, uh, you know, hope you have a fantastic Saturday wherever you are. And, uh, you know, really, really hope you have a good time. Okay. And uh, we can talk about it later. We'll definitely, as you know, be, uh, well, we won't get into that series right now. It's, you know, we'll save that for later. Point is, have a great day, great night, and I will see you soon.